HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to another week of Let's Eat In at Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and today's show is brought to you again by Hearst Ranch. It's the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. Since 1865, the Hearst family has raised cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of the central California coast. The result is beef with extraordinary flavor that's as memorable as the the surrounding landscape. Uh, go to hearstranch.com and hopefully I'll get better at reading this Hearst Ranch blurb uh, next time. <laughs> so today's guest, I'm so excited she could make it here from Austin. Uh, she had a book that just came out last Tuesday and it's called The Hip Girl's Guide to Homemaking, uh, Decorating, Dining, and the Gratifying Pleasures of Self-Sufficiency on a Budget. That's Kate Payne. Hi, it's great to be here, Kathy. Thanks so much for coming. And she is a hip girl herself. <laughs> um, just a little bio. She's been a grant writer, creative writing instructor, part-time nanny, after-hours poet, occasionally painter, par- big-time procrastinator, a tea, toast, and jam-obsessed Austinite, former Brooklynite, and the creator of the Hip Girl's Guide to Homemaking website. So definitely check that out. And uh, the book, though... It's very comprehensive. A lot of people wonder, why should I buy a book that's based on a blog if I can read the blog for free? And I, I think this is, you know, it, it, first of all, a lot of the times that, you know, they, they don't even share them that many similar qualities as, as one another. <laughs> Cough, mind, book. <but> anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> this book is really nice. There's illustrations. There's charts. There's a chart on how to garden in the Northeast and like when to plant carrots and stuff like that, which, but it's all kind of jam packed in there for various topics. So there's canning, pickling, there's how to decorate, there's how to repurpose. Of course, doing your laundry. Yeah. Because we all have to wear clothes. I don't do laundry. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All this stuff that, like, I feel like everyone is good at one one or two things, like decorating or cleaning. Like, they're just kind of obsessive about a couple things. But um, this one really... Are you obsessive about everything having to do with homemaking? 
Well, I got kind of obsessive, obsessive because I ended up around the house, you know, not much money. You can't just outsource this stuff anymore. Are you working from home? Yes. Yeah. I went freelance, uh, full-time freelance when I moved to Brooklyn two and a half years ago. And um, I've since moved back to Austin. But when I moved to Brooklyn, I went freelance. I had no regular paychecks. I was feeling like, okay, this is my time to shine. <laughs> so, um, so learning all these things or utilizing things I had learned in the past um, and putting it all together was really important. And um, I find that you know, there are even parts in the book where you might be smarter than me on cer certain things, but it's really about getting people together, learning oh, the humbleness skills. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a sewer, I'm going to admit, but, um, my make it happen stitches. Iron like, on. <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> so, so, I mean, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I feel like homemaking, it kind of has this ring of like an old fashioned wifey kind of activity where somebody else is bringing home the bread or, you know, the breadwinner, sorry. And the homemaking is really for somebody who has little else to do. But today's day and age, it seems like this book is very much directed to the working, busy uh, young woman. Right, because not many of us get the luxury or freedom to just spend time around the house doing whatever needs to be done. Um, it feels like we're really doing the homemaking under fire kind of thing. We've yeah. got jobs, we've got obligations, you know, you maybe take kids. the laundry to the laundromat. Yeah, like you, you have things to do. And it didn't really feel like there were any modern manuals out there for people who don't necessarily, who are not really excited about doing these things maybe you mm -hmm. know like that need a little coaxing um didn't feel like there were there were many resources out there for the reluctant homemaker yeah <laughs> because all of these things still really need to be done um yeah unless you maybe won the lottery or something and you can outsource everything yeah which is probably unlikely for most people yeah and I feel like our homes are really where we end up rejuvenating at the end of the day we have this place that if it stresses us out when we come home, then we're really not going to be relaxed and ready to go forth and do all our things that we have to do, like mm -hmm. our busy life stuff that takes us out into the world. Or But doesn't it take extra time to do all this homemaking stuff in addition to our busy schedules at work? I really advocate for a um, do as, as, you, as much as you wish kind of approach. You know, I'm definitely not a judgmental homemaking manual writer. <laughs> um, I think that people, as they start to experience one or two things, like, oh, I made bread for the first time. Mm -hmm. Maybe my kitchen is not so scary after all. Or <laughs> maybe, you know, look, look how cool I am. I made these curtains at a mending party that I had. And my friend taught me how to use the sewing machine. And I feel really empowered. You know, yeah. it, it's this kind of talking yourself into something and using the free time that I know you have at your house um, for a few initial investments, maybe, of mm -hmm. time investments. And then you just reap the rewards over and over again. And what do you gain from that if you can just, say, buy really expensive, nice curtains with your extra cash? No one else is going to have your homemade curtains. You know, yeah. so, so people are going to come over, you know, if you can afford them, um, if you can afford homemade or if, I'm sorry, if you can afford expensive. these expensive, beautiful designer things, then maybe that's just a different lifestyle choice yeah. in general. But um, it's really great to have friends over and to have this really this museum of you that you chose 
to, that you made. Yeah, that you either made, you know, you picked up this fabric, you, you know, had a friend, you know, I will never forget my friend, my awesome friend, Brianna here in Brooklyn, who taught me how to use a sewing machine. Like every mm-hmm. time I look at my window, I'm like, oh, wow, that was cool. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so what is a curtain party or a sewing a party? Mending party a mending or, party or sewing party? Um, the, the whole gist of the book is to really um, crowdsource. You know, it's oh. like community-supported homemaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so getting your friends together, getting the inspiration for things that maybe aren't, you know, that are pretty housewifey and not that exciting, like mending holes in your jeans and stuff. <laughs> but getting people together, having wine, maybe some potlucky snacks and having the group and the energy uh, mm-hmm. move you forward. So instead of griping about your job or annoying boyfriends, you can actually do something productive while you're having wine and cheese. Right. <laughs> and you can grip. What a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and it's just fun because the one that we had uh, in Greenpoint was really fun because there were so many different levels of people there. Like there were people that were like adding cool ruffles to their shirts and also oh, different levels of homemaking expertise yeah. in the mix. Yeah. So, you know, you get ideas from people. You um, just... Who was the most hardcore homemaker? Like, what was a good example? Was it the Ruffles or something? Yeah. Yeah, and she was really more Rose- like a design kind of person. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that Is that was... called, like, rosettes when you have those things? Uh, I don't Probably know. so. I don't know. I don't know in the <laughs> fashion industry... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to crowdsource that, too. Ask the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so everybody has their own specialties, too, and they can share. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, not unlike a um, like a Skillshare party. You know, we also had a... Um, I had a friend, Liz, who hosted a with me and um, uh, Adriana, and we hosted a soap-making party. Oh, I want to learn that. So a melt-and-pour. I mean, we didn't do the whole lye process um, from the get-go. harmful, right? No? There, I think there are more eco-ways to go about it. I just don't know them yet. <laughs> <laughs> Goat's milk or something? Yeah. Just, or milk or... We did a clearer one. We didn't do the milk-based one. Yeah, we did the glycerin one so that we could see the cool things that people brought, like dried spices and herbs and turmeric and, like, to make these really gorgeous different kinds of... Wait, would a turmeric soap turn your hands orange? No, the soap itself just, um, you know, I did one that was, like, a grapefruit, and and that was actually a really good gardening one. But really, the colorings just kind of went off into the oh, I see yeah it just made it like a little light light orange color okay so it's there for color okay. yeah you don't use so much I guess that you would dye your hands and <laughs> <laughs> I dye my hands orange every time I use that turmeric yeah to our, make curry or something our kitchen has orange splotches finger marks <laughs> there are orange places in our kitchen that were not necessarily meant to be orange yeah or beet stains oh yeah yeah well, you can always use beet juice to dye your curtains, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting unless, ahead of myself here. <laughs> unless you get really, um, uh, really good at getting out stains, then all of a sudden you'll accidentally um, wash out your natural color dye yeah. in the laundry in Chapter 6. <laughs> oh, is that about cleaning? Yeah, Chapter 6 is managing cloth. So that was mm. one of those very, I mean, for me, it was one of the more daunting tasks right. at hand because... It just keeps coming, you know, you just, you have the linens that you bought 
because you wanted to accentuate your home, mm-hmm. you know, your thrift store or flea market kind of stuff. And so I know that you got a lot of your research out of just living it and experiencing it and sharing that discoveries that you found. But did you did you reach back into any, I don't know, archaic old fashioned women's magazines or books like, I don't know, those, what is her name? Miss Miss Manners or I don't know oh, yeah, something yeah, like those that. Etiquette. Yeah, yeah, um, You know, it was really cool to see some of those books. Um, I just collected them because they're funny and they're old and you know, like <laughs> yeah. what what women should do and good housekeeping. Yeah, and like you know what real. I, I also have a book called you know um, How to Be a Lady. Um, <laughs> so all of these things were just fun to see how like, society has shifted. You know how you know, we're expected to be able to work, to clean the house, to, you know, make dinner every night, to have um, cute outfits on, to go out and have parties. The trim waistline. (laughs) So it just, it's interesting to see how over the years things have changed so much, Um, but not necessarily expectations. So, And this seems to be like a self-satisfying thing rather than, oh, you know, stressing out to satisfy your husband or, you know, your kids or... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you still do. I don't know. No, I, it's really about getting really excited over mm-hmm. something that you maybe didn't think you were going to be excited about. So about um, finding that maybe you take pride in setting a table, which might seem really out of it might see actually it might seem actually inappropriate as these empowered women as we are to to enjoy like making a wonderful space for guests to come over or an impromptu dinner party, you know, mm-hmm. eight people and serving them arugula that you grew on your back deck windowsill or um, topping off like a panna cotta with a strawberry that you grew yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, just something, you know, that these small pleasures that I haven't really grown up with and just finding that it's been really cool. Experiences all along the so way. So you kind of forged this own path after becoming, I guess, a young person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a I had a full time job out of college um, for a few years. I found myself living in, I think, using the fridge as more of a compost pile <laughs> than an actual way of sustaining um, myself over long periods or short periods of time. Yeah. And I, I just found that these were really stressful things for me in this modern life. Um, and then progressively, I started doing different kinds of projects. And I went half-time at a job and was able to go freelance because I'm a grant writer and mm-hmm. I can do my job in many places. Okay. So, um, you know. And, and now you've just kind of garnered on all these skills over just a short amount of time, it sounds like. Yeah, I I did a lot of inviting myself over to people's houses. <laughs> That's the way to learn, right? <laughs> right. There's um, some really good friends now that I found through Twitter, um, who I I'm going to call him the Prospect Heights Pickler. Um, I was trying to find, you know, I guess about two years ago, I was trying to find somebody in New York City who makes canned things okay and now I know a ton of people but at the time I didn't know anybody and I had put ads on Craigslist I had put you know Facebook Twitter just everything just emailing friends of friends and saying hey do you make jams or pickles or anything Mm -hmm. I'd love to sit and watch you and and nobody break no (laughs) no it's just a home it's a couple okay yeah um but I 
I sent finally I got a response on Twitter, a little at reply from this poor guy who just said, "Oh yeah, we make pickles and we do the tomato project every year." Cool. And I stalked him gracefully. <laughs> That's the way to do it. And then invited myself over, and um, I, re- I really wish I could have been a fly on the wall for his conversation with his wife. Yeah. Saying, honey, so remember how I have that Twitter account? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> now it seems like you, you probably will have a lot of people coming to you, because there mm-hmm. seems to be more and more people into this. But I, I understand now. I remember when I, I was doing some research for my book, I was like, I want to find about people who are doing supper clubs or, or foraging and... I, I can't get them off my back right now. <laughs> but it definitely was like an in- investigative thing. I was like, I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> and some of those people, I mean, I got to apprentice with people who know so much more than I do. And and I learned a lot in a short amount of time. So I'm always still learning. And I love that there are, with anything, there's so many different ways to do something. So it's fun cool. to keep talking to people and to get... Um, you know, to the be on community pool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. It just feels this like really supportive environment. So um, speaking of friends, I know you picked a song by your friend's band. Oh yes. It's a local Austin um, singer songwriter named Sarah Sweet. Jaffe. All right, let's put it right on and we'll be right back. service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Every Tuesday at noon, Dave Arnold, the author of CookingIssues.com, will discuss new and innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients. Call in with your own questions to see if Dave and the crew can solve your cooking issues. Again, that's Tuesdays at noon on the Heritage Radio Network. All right. We're back listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Airway, and we've got Kate Payne on air. Um, she is the author of The Hip Girl's Guide to Homemaking, um, a really cheeky, fun, but helpful guide for urban hip girls on and all guys. things. And guys. Oh, sorry. That's cool. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and a lot of these things, I, you know, I feel like more and more guys want to learn how to cook. Right. And you're, you're a good cook. And pickler and jammer and 
I don't know. A lot of these things are, are budget friendly, and so those are like the, the old time ways to save and make your food stretch. Right. And they're just for people who have homes. You know, I'm going to claim that apostrophe and be that possessive hip girl. <laughs> and, you know, if, if anyone else wants to call themselves that, even guys, you know. <laughs> oh, it's a hip girl's apostrophe S, not a S apostrophe. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just going to claim it, and everyone can just approach it as they wish. But, um, Awesome. Reclaiming two kinds of words there. Re- reclaiming hip and homemaking. So mm-hmm. all the different connotations are being um, distilled into this relaxed kind of thing. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of foods do you like to make that, that you find are, I don't know, you just fall back to? We end up just re, we just kind of assess the grocery situation with um, more of a, like a, puzzle piece kind of thing we're like okay what's the grain what kind of vegetables do we have on hand you know if we have csa we never think about that's a lot of puzzle pieces (laughs) yeah we're like what what needs to be cooked really fast um you know what's going off um so we've got greens grains protein you know whatever we we always have grains on hand because we try to keep those stocked regularly and so usually we can piece together any kind of meal um one of our favorites to cook, uh, my, my girlfriend is really the sustenance cook mm-hmm. for the house. Mm-hmm. I'm more of the special projects coordinator. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm those flashy things like the jam and the bread and right. you know, stuff you don't really need to eat. But. All the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but she, she and I will uh, do, di- like, I'll have a dessert for us afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, maybe yeah. some sort of gluten-free, um, baked good or whatnot. And, and she'll put together really great. Um, she is a, a, a mean chicken cooker. Chicken cook. That sounds yeah. good. So we hope to get chickens in the next year. We've just moved back to Austin. So we have a house now. Backyard chickens. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to build a chicken tractor. I'm so excited about chicken oh, tractors. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So they can go around and graze on different grass. Yes. Excellent. Tilling and fertilizing, if you will. Nice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So what kind of style would you guys cook in? Like any any quick, like, okay, I have an eggplant, a grain, a rice, a, a, a protein. What? She is a um, Boston Italian. So a lot of her food traditions come from really old school, you know, family dinners that mm. she grew up eating. Um, I'm kind of, I'm a Midwestern um, transplant from, you know, we actually moved around a ton. So mm-hmm. food traditions for me are really, everything I'm learning how to do is kind of the first time to mm. yeah. um, do new, new fancy ways of cooking. Okay, I see. <laughs> so, um, but I really, uh, I really enjoy just the aspect of being together in the kitchen. Right. It's a fun you know, even if we don't have like the gourmet looking kind of thing, you know, we have a really you good food. You know how food. to throw it together. Yeah. Yeah. And make we're, it happen. We're really good at that. I, I think that's yeah, one of our strong suits. A lot of people ask me like, what style do you cook in? And I can't answer that. I just say kind of the same, you know, it's just whatever the day brings you. Yeah. Um, we just had my book release party at our home. Um, it was really great you know, this is a homemaking book, so have the release at the home. And um, Joanne is my girlfriend, and she made this wonderful Indian coconut milk and shrimp and um, 
not so much a curry, but it was this wonderful dish. Light, and, yeah, quick dish, yeah. though. And it was yeah. gone immediately. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any um, food that you would call your ultimate date meal? Ultimate date meal. Um, she is a great fish. Um, you know, Cook. a Boston mm-hmm. Italian. <laughs> she she knows her fish. Um, so linguine with clam sauce. Anyone? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm obsessed with linguine with clam sauce lately. Yeah. So we'll have like a pasta. Um, I, I'm gluten free, so we'll have these oh. great rice pastas. You know that are actually delicious. Delicious. And yeah. You can't that's awesome. Really tell the difference. Cool. Um, one day I'm gonna break into trying to make something of of the like on my own, but. Mm-hmm. For now, I'm happy. <laughs> so yeah, something like that. She, oh, and she's a fab. Um, I love salads. You mm-hmm. know, just with the fresh greens. I grow. I just have the largest garden I've ever had in my life right now. I built three garden beds nice. on the fourth day we moved into our house. <laughs> it's like we have no furniture, but I'm going to build garden beds. And I bet down south, you guys, I've already flourished with spring greens and everything the cucumbers are flowering what that's not fair okay <laughs> and i went a little cucumber crazy uh-huh. because i anticipate pickling pickling the whole season long <laughs> oh i'm so jealous i have these tiny little sprouts they're well, yummy you can always come visit okay <laughs> i'll have to sometimes so so i know you're doing some fun stuff coming up and you're going to be at brooklyn flea on the 8th um that's the Williamsburg one. I think it's going to be like a, a really fun mixture of, of folks there. That's going to kick be great. it off. Yeah. Um, there's a green light bookstore reading you're doing on on May 9th. Yes, at seven thirty. Yep, and it's also going to be green. Yep, I love green lights, and it's going to be also a benefit for the New York Writers Coalition. Oh, that's nice. So it's a great org there, and um, teaching kids and all sorts of populations um, oh, that's great encouraging creativity and not necessarily teaching cool and yeah. tell me a little bit about the scavenger hunt type thing you're doing at the flea on, on mother's day sunday the eighth so at the brooklyn flea i'm gathering five blog groups blogger groups together teams or something teams, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, most of them are actually just individual bloggers there's one team that's a duo okay and um, it's called the Brooklyn Flea Spree, and we are. I'm giving each of the blogger teams twenty five dollars to spend within the Brooklyn Flea over a period of an hour or two, and seeing what they come up with for home accents. Oh, something, cool. something you know, not it's often. like supermarket sweep at the flea. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and then everyone's going to get to vote via their blogs. Um, some great bloggers are taking part. Um, you know, my uh, my friends at the Efton Park Slope and Design Blog. Okay. Um, Design Sponge. And, yeah. Well, yeah. Design Sponge is just going to, I think she's just going to talk about it. And oh, okay. It. But, um, but yeah, Brooklyn's going to be there. Nice. Um, representing. And uh, my friend Autumn makes and does. You know, mm-hmm. she's got a great okay. blog on learning Crafty to do stuff, stuff for yourself food-wise. And, oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So how do people find out who, who win? Well, um, I'm going to... Tally the votes, and mm-hmm. I will announce it. You know, the event is on a Sunday, so I'm going to announce it. I think on the Tuesday awesome. before I leave. Based on, um, we're going to do the voting through Twitter and um, I think Facebook. And that's just like a crowdsource vote thing. Yep. Yeah. Just because obviously everyone wins because they bought it for themselves, and yeah. and they get to take it home. <laughs> yeah. So they get this, you know, exciting prize, and and you get to see what it's like. You know, not often do we have much money to spend you know at the at 
at, at these the, places, yeah. you know? And yeah. So, I mean, just little things that might make your space a little more fresh. Oh, right. That's awesome. I can't wait to see what they do with it. And they get a food, you know, this is a food show, so they get to take home, each of the bloggers gets a $10 food vendor coupon, so they get to go eat for oh, free. Oh, yeah, for that. Okay, so at the flea, there's going to be a lot of food vendors. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Got to feed everyone. <laughs> Got to feed everyone with the good local local producers. And you're also going to be at Street Fest on the 7th for yeah. the New York uh Contem- New Museum of Contemporary Arts uh, Festival of Ideas. Yes, and I hope I'm sitting next to you in your know. booth. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be there too. And it sounds like we're doing similar stuff. We're doing a little cooking demo and we're going to have our book on display. Right. <laughs> so what are you making again? I'm going to be doing a quick pickling slash um, also called uh, fridge pickling demo. Right. So showing people how to use up the excess veggies in their fridge, um, hopefully at the height of their you know, at their prime, yeah. yeah, not necessarily, you know, vinegar is not some magic serum. So, mm-hmm. um, but showing people how to use up those vegetables and, you carrots know, extend or something. Yeah. Carrots. Um, I've done ramps. I've, you know, the exciting ramps. Everybody and, loves those quick pickles now. Yeah. I like made some like cauliflower quick pickles. And I'm like, Oh my God, how do you do that? Well, I did Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just whatever is lying around and it, it makes a really great party snack. For Definitely. really not much more money because you've already got the vegetables. And not that much time, too. I find 20 minutes and, like, done. It right. depends how much vinegar and stuff you add. But Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's just a matter of cutting up the vegetables. That's probably the most labor-intensive part, just putting vegetables in fit-in-jar-sized things and then bringing water, vinegar, pepper, and maybe some other spices and bring it to a boil and then pour it over in a jar yeah cool i can't wait to see uh how that goes i guess i will see how that goes but check out check us out (laughs) come visit fest it will be fun see it for real (laughs) kate thanks so much for being on the show it was really a delight i'm glad you could make it and congrats to your book thanks and they can check out my blog at hipgirlshome.com hipgirlsguide.com no hipgirlshome.com hipgirlshome.com please check that out (laughs) see you next week on Let's See Then thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network you can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows you can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store you can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. In 2010, EscapeMaker.com won an Emmy Award for their agritourism webisode. So this year they thought, why not bring agritourism and green getaway ideas right to you? Come to the Green Getaways Local Food and Travel Expo on April 30th at One Hanson Place, home of the Brooklyn Flea and former Williamsburg Savings Bank. Presented by Amtrak, Zipcar, and I Love New York, the carbon-free event will be a day filled with food, prizes, workshops, and kids' activities. Over 50 getaway destinations, from counties to local farms and bed and breakfast within a day's drive or train ride of New York City, will be exhibiting on the main floor and in the huge bank vault downstairs. See what's hot in sustainable travel and receive special show-only discounts. 
Pro NYC will be doing workshops on the green market, and Appalachian Mountain Club will offer workshops on adventure bicycling and hiking via mass transit. EscapeMaker.com will be giving away over 50 getaway prizes, ranging from zipline adventure passes to an overnight stay at Mohonk Mountain House. Travel greener, eat local. Come to the expo on April 30th. Get your tickets now at www.escapemaker.com.